many of your fans, Phyllis, will be delighted to know that another book from you is on the publisher's shelves. And it's called Talking About Detective Fiction. How did it all come about? Well, it began as long ago as 2006, when I had a letter from the then librarian of the Bodleian at the request of the publishing department to write a book in aid of the library. And I decided that it would be a great pleasure to do it, not only because of my huge admiration for the library, but I wasn't ready to start another novel. And you know how it is, we writers are never happy unless we're either plotting, planning or writing. The royalties on talking about detective uh, fiction are going to the Bodley, and I wonder why you, you must have some uh, affection for the dear old place, is that right? Anyone who has any contact with Oxford knows about the Bodleian. It is one of the greatest libraries of the world, and of course it's not only for scholars, it's for everyone who is interested in books and wants information. Some people have heard of Cambridge, haven't they, as well as Oxford? Some people. Yes. And I, I just wonder, <laughs> there are far more crime writers that we associate with Oxford. You shouldn't be surprised about this, because you have made Oxford the most murderous city in the whole of the United Kingdom. How many body bags have you produced? for? Well, I think my sole claim to fame, Phyllis, is that single-handedly I, I have made Oxford, as you say, the crime the murder capital of the United Kingdom, and, and uh, the, the, the present count, for, well, the final count for Morse was 91 corpses. I didn't count them myself, but somebody sent me 71 corpses, and I kept a little card by the television set, plus three or plus two. Uh, Adam Dalglish can't possibly compete with that. <laughs> the central theme of this book, Phyllis, I think, is the development of what we always used to call in our use detective stories. And these days we drifted towards a, a sort of different nomenclature, haven't we, the crime novel. C can you explain them a little more, more fully than, than yes, that? Yes, well, if we go back to the so-called golden age, um, the plot was absolutely dominant. The story was dominant. It had to be a puzzle, and it had to be an ingenious puzzle. And people had to be killed in very clever, ingenious ways. And things have changed in another way, really. Do you remember they were so keen on having maps and charts uh, and, uh, and a sort of plan of the, the manor, a matchstick figure on the stairs showing where the corpse lay. And the characters had to serve the plot. The characters tended to be stereotypes, really. They particularly are, really, in, in Dear Agatha Christie, when you get the same sort of characters over and over again. But now, I think, um, the detective story has moved much closer to the mainstream novel. Yes. And I think it's a very important development. That The story, of course, is still vitally important. Um, the mystery is important, and it has to be credible. In the old days, very often, I mean, with Agatha Christie, you love the book, and at the end, you realize it could never possibly happen like that. Part of the attraction of Mayhem Palmer and the old mysteries is that they are not only entertaining, but they take people into an entirely different world. Very often with a modern crime novel, you're taken into the same old violent world that you read about in the newspaper and see on the television. Whereas if we go back into this comfortable village where Miss Marple lives, for example, it's peaceful. Um, 
you know, the, the, the vicar might find a body on the study floor, but it doesn't much interfere with the Sunday sermon, and it's all sold by Poirot's grey cells on Miss Marvel <laughs> with her knitting. Um, and then the little village is absolutely tranquil and peaceful again until the next murder happens. Um, it's, and, and that is rather reassuring to read. Order is restored at the end, yes. Yes, I agree. The detective story is immensely satisfying to write because it's so difficult to do well. I, the ones I've written that are not strictly detective stories have been much easier to write. Um, somebody said you've got to produce a novel in a month or else terrible things will happen to you. I, I could produce a novel and so could you. But it wouldn't be a detective story. Couldn't do it in a month. Have you got any routine and discipline about why you write, how you write, in what room you write? Well, I don't, I don't much care what room I write in as long as I have a comfortable chair, a large table to hold all my research material and the old, good old thesaurus and dictionary and so on, and a good light. And it's rather pleasant if I can make coffee fairly close to. So the kitchen is rather a good place, really. For years, I've had exactly the same method of writing a book. I like writing by hand. Some of my friends, I think Ruth Rendell, Ruth, Ruth actually um, writes on her computer. But you do feel perhaps that, that this direct contact between pen and paper rather helps and hinders you. Is that, is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, I, like to, I like to somehow feel the words coming down my arm onto the page. Yes. I like that feeling. And I think what one has to do with a crime writer is to hold a creative tension to integrate the different uh, parts of the book, the setting, the characterization, the plot, and the theme. All of those have to join together um, and really produce a, a wonderful whole. In general, you seem to be able to convey this sense of understanding, both from the point of view of the victim and from the point of view of the murderer. Well, I think it's helped by the fact that I write um, by changing the viewpoint. Um, so when I'm seeing things from the point of view of Dalgleish or one of his subordinates or a suspect or even the murderer, that's more difficult, um, I'm entering into that person's mind. I am that person when I'm writing about that person. Yes. And I'm feeling as that person feels. And of course this leads people to say, I'm surprised you believe this, that and the other. Um, don't you find with your writing they muddle up the writer with the character? But the whole thing about being a writer is that you're able to sympathize with all these views yeah. and convey them. Without that, I think you become a cruel writer or a writer without humanity. And writers, in fact, can be brilliant technically and write brilliantly. And sometimes at the end, one feels this book has no humanity in it. The whole genre seems to be extraordinarily fascinating to the vast majority of people. I think it probably is the most popular form of popular writing. And whenever one goes in a bookshop, there it is, crime or detective writing, shelves and shelves and shelves of it. Um, I think, first of all, people do love a story. And with a detective story, you get a story, you get a plot, you get a, a beginning, a middle and an end. Something happens and it's usually something pretty exciting. Um, then I think there's the puzzle. People love a puzzle. Yes. I don't think this is the most important aspect, really, Colin, because if it were, we would never 
reread a detective story, and I love rereading my favourites, although I know who who done it. But um, uh, they do love a puzzle, and it has to be a fair puzzle. But of course, I think it's it is a book which is reassuring psychologically. One doesn't want to go into all these deep Freudian ideas that people put forward, but it is reassuring. It it um, is a very moral point of view because it yes. says that even the most unpopular person, even an evil person, has a right to live his or her life to the last natural moment. That murder is never justified, that murder is the unique crime, and that when it happens in any civilized society, the whole of the resources of the police force will be directed to try and discover who did it. So that is comforting. I, I think I'm always a bit disappointed when it's not a murder that they're doing. I mean, if somebody steals a tin of salmon from a supermarket, it's difficult to sustain interest for 450 pages, isn't it? Well, it's exactly and I, so. And I, I say in the book that the people are much more interested, you know, in who killed Aunt, uh, brutally killed Aunt Augusta, than uh, who who stole her diamond necklace when she was on holiday at Bournemouth. Um, it, it's all together. There, there is that, the fact that it is murder. And murder is fascinating because from time immemorial, I mean, when one looks at old literature going back, of course, the oldest literature is drama. Drama is much older than the novel. But going back, you know, to old drama and, and as far as writing is concerned, to the Bible and beyond, um, murder has always fascinated human beings. The, the reason why people should step over that invisible line which separates yes. the murderer from yes. the rest of us. And it remains perennially interesting, I think. But um, it certainly is, um, the, it, it's a form of, of popular writing which is particularly successful and particularly popular in difficult times, times of unrest, times of war, times of depression, when it's possible for people to feel that no matter how much money you pour at a problem, how many social workers you pour at a problem, something like young people's crime in inner cities, seems beyond our ability to solve. So here you have a form of writing where there is a problem at the heart. And by the end of the book, that problem is going to be solved. Not by good luck, not by human intervention, <laughs> but by a human being, by human intelligence and human perseverance and human courage. And that's very, that's very satisfying. And I think that's probably at the root of it. It's quite extraordinary how many very, very clever and eminent people love detective fiction. It, it, it surprises me, really, but they do, and they continue to. And I think, you know, that if we were um, a sort of um, um, just left stranded in some foreign city because the, our flight had been cancelled, and we had to wait next day for a flight, and there we're in this strange hotel, and life is very boring. And if we found in our, on the bedside table two books, one the winner of a prestigious prize, and the other an Agatha Christie, I think I know which one most travellers would reach out for. We've been talking, Phyllis, about mostly UK writers and everywhere. We mustn't forget that other countries have uh, an enormous amount of, of literature Especially, I think, recently we've seen it in some of the Scandinavian countries, haven't we? Well, I think it's interesting um, that they're nearly always Protestant countries. People have made this point, which is interesting. And, of course, I have a whole chapter on the detective writer in America, the sort of so-called hard-boiled school. Someone said that um, Roman Catholic countries have a confession, 
and the reading the crime writer, crime fiction is a way of getting rid of guilt. And, and they could go to confession and get rid of it. We have to read crime fiction. Yeah. It's perhaps a little sort of far-fetched, but it is curious. Didn't the Romans used to say, tot homines quot sententia, as many men as there are opinions about why you do things. Well, you're a classicist, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt that's what it means. I've not mentioned the wonderful cartoons which uh, feature, I think, in every chapter in this book. I think particularly marvellous is the one about the Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> I think that is the funniest. Every best wish to talking about the detective, both to you, Phyllis, and also, of course, to the Bodleian. Thank you. <laughs>